Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 112, the 22nd Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. Hello everyone, I'm Paul Kelly. All the readings in the psalm today send a powerful message. What is the point of calling ourselves followers and servants of God unless our practical actions reflect the justice, charity, forgiveness and loving-kindness of God that God wants us to show to others. True and untarnished religion is this, acting justly, helping the poor, the widow and the orphan, in fact helping all those who are most in need. Jesus warns his critics that if their religion goes no further than the blind observation of symbolic rituals whilst not living the message of practical love kindness and fairness, it will do us no good. The sacraments express, direct and strengthen this compassion and love in us, or they're intended to anyway. The value of a person's good works is not based on their number and excellence, said Saint John of the Cross, but on the love of God which prompts that person to do these things. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I cry to you all the day long. O Lord, you are good and forgiving, full of mercy to all who call to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome everyone as we gather together for this 22nd Sunday of the Year B. As we gather together to praise God, let us acknowledge our sins so as to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you raise us to new life. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you forgive us our sins. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you feed us with your body and blood. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify. 
God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verses 1 to 2 and 6 to 8. Now, Israel, give heed to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to observe, so that you may live to enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You must neither add anything to what I command you, nor take away anything from it, but keep the commandments of the Lord your God, with which I am charging you. You must observe them diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to the peoples, who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and discerning people. For what other great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is, whenever we call to him. And what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this entire law that I am setting before you today? The Word of the Lord The just will live in the presence of the Lord. Lord, who shall dwell on your holy mountain, he who walks without fault, he who acts with justice and speaks the truth from his heart. He does no wrong to his brother, who casts no slur on his neighbor, who holds the godless in disdain, but honors those who fear the Lord. He who keeps his pledge, come what may, who takes no interest on a loan, and accepts no bribes against the innocent, such a man will stand firm for ever. The just will live in the presence of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. James, chapter 1, verses 17 to 18, 21 to 22 and 27. 
Every generous act of giving, with every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfilment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Father gave us birth by his message of truth, that we might be as the first fruits of his creation. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 7, verses 1 to 8, 14 to 15, and 21 to 23. When the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? Jesus said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honours me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then Jesus called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile them. But the things that come out of a person are what defile them. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord Over the next week in Australia, we focus particularly on child protection. If we want to protect our house from robbers, we might think of fitting our doors with strong locks and 
barring vulnerable windows and installing an alarm system that will ring at the local police station. That would deter robbers from breaking in. Protecting people, however, demands more than that, particularly in the case of children. To protect them, we need to make a broad space in which children are free to run and play as they please, in which they can grow and explore the world, and in which they know that they will be listened to and are safe. In that space, they will have the company of mature adults whose eyes and ears are open to notice any potential dangers and to deal with them swiftly. Child Protection Sunday recalls to us our task of ensuring that children in our churches and schools can grow, talk and play safely. The day carries great weight because we know that in the church, and particularly in our Catholic Church too, many people entrusted with the care of children exploited and abused them. Those protecting the house became themselves bandits. Child Protection Sunday is a time for locks and alarms, for ensuring that proper protocols and safeguards are observed. More deeply, it's a time for asking how better can we make the church a welcoming space in which children can be protected and flourish. The readings for this weekend's Mass invite us to reflect on this task, particularly holding God's law to its complete core, not removing any laws, not adding anything that distracts from the core of God's law. And, in a very real sense, child protection protocols and rules are there to ensure that the respect and dignity and care that children and all people are owed is ensured. This weekend's readings take a very practical angle on the meaning of discipleship. We're called to take special care to be just, honest, charitable towards everyone. What a different tone the world would take if everyone took that angle. As Christians, the proper application of our religious beliefs leads to very important practical consequences for our lives and actions. The readings this weekend send a very powerful message. What's the point of calling ourselves Christians, servants of God, unless our practical actions reflect justice, show charity, really put forgiveness into action, and show loving practical acts of kindness that God asks us to show to one another? True and untarnished religion is this, says the reading, Acting justly, helping the poor, the widow, the orphan, helping those most in need. Jesus warns his critics that if their religion goes no further than compulsively observing outward actions and stylized symbolic rituals, whilst at the same time not living that message of practical love, kindness and fairness, which these rituals represent and symbolize and attempt to foster within us, then it's really not doing anything. It's more false and hollow. The value of a person's good works is not based on their number and excellence, but on the love of God which prompts the person to do these things in the first place, says St. John of the Cross. 
This so ably points out that love, justice and charity are the more key indicators of an authentic discipleship than mere outward observance of one's rituals. Ideally, the two go together and reinforce and nurture each other. I had often understood the first reading to mean you must observe each and every law and commandment that God gives. And that interpretation is certainly true. But if we look at this text closer, we see there's more to be found here. It also says, you must add nothing to what I command you. That is, you must not add to God's laws. It is clear from the Gospel that by the time of Jesus, people had indeed started adding many things to God's law, loading people down with unnecessary burdens and difficult observances that for most people were impractical and frankly impossible to achieve. So living in God's favour became something exclusive to a lucky minority because the large majority of people were too busy trying to just keep alive and deal with the messy everyday moments of life that they couldn't keep all the rules and rituals that they were being lumped with. And yet, if they didn't keep these rules, they wouldn't be considered righteous and good. Holiness and peace became rare commodities which were now well beyond the reach of most people. That was never God's plan. Also, keeping the commandments of the Lord was in order to demonstrate wisdom and understanding. This starts to make things clear. The whole point of God's law was that it was given to people to help their welfare and growth so that they would be people who reflect the values and priorities of God. I particularly like scripture passages that expressly name the virtues and qualities of Christian life. As you name them, you can feel a tangible energy and a desire for those virtues. It's as if those virtues are starting to take hold even as we reflect on them in our soul. The psalm this weekend goes on to explain in detail these virtues and that the just will live in the presence of the Lord by walking in the ways of blamelessness, acting with justice, speaking honestly, avoiding wrongdoing, not gossiping or slandering others, honouring the Lord, keeping our promises, not ripping off people, not allowing oneself to be bought off from their principles. The second reading from James confirms this practical advice and we should always aim to do what the word tells us and not just listen to it and deceive ourselves. It is a reminder that we can easily deceive ourselves about our true motives and intentions, but we should be on our guard against self-justifications that can happen so often. The true test of pure unspoilt religion is not saying, I'm doing this for the good of others, I have no personal advantage in this, but rather... The true test is coming to the help of people in need, keeping oneself unstained by the values of the world that are not consistent with the gospel. Finally, in the gospel, Jesus warns us about people who honour God only with lip service. And all the while, their hearts are actually very far from God. 
our Lord asks us to look inside ourselves and see the things that distort our faithfulness to God. Things like unfaithfulness, lust, murder, adultery, avarice, malice, deceit, indecency, envy, slander, pride, folly. These are the inner movements of the heart and they must be gotten rid of by crowding out those negative things by filling up our hearts with the positive values and virtues of God which are faithfulness, purity, reverence, respect, detachment from material things, love, honesty, appreciation, affirmation, self-sacrifice and so many more. The virtues of the gospel build us up and crowd out anything that is not consistent with the gospel. Christianity is not primarily a set of laws and doctrines. Christianity is about a person and a relationship to that person, that is, Jesus, who is the revelation of God. All the law and the prophets and all of the Bible, Old and New Testament, are not an end in themselves, but they are a precious gift that allow us to encounter God and particularly to encounter the person of Jesus. Christ is the gospel. The gospel is not a book, it is a person. God the Son Jesus Christ, he is the good news, the incarnate message of God, the word. The law of God is not a thing, it is the person of Christ. He is the law, he's God's word, and he's the last word on everything. Christianity is therefore only secondarily about what he says. It's important what he says, of course, but rather, first and foremost, what Jesus says is an expression of who he is and his values, his very nature, his complete relationship with the Father and his invitation for us to be part of that life of God. That's the essence. Christianity is a relationship, not a concept or a philosophy and certainly not just a set of rules. And whenever it is turned into mere concepts or a set of rules or philosophies, it gets disconnected. Unless it connects us to the person and values of Jesus. That's not to say that there's no rules and doctrines in Christianity. There certainly are. But all of them serve to point us to Christ, who is the one rule, the one word. In today's Gospel, Jesus was struggling valiantly against legalism. The lawmakers and law keepers seemed to be more interested in what people could not do rather than focusing on what they should or could be doing in response to life's real problems. It would be a bit like today a person saying, I've kept all the Ten Commandments. Wherever it said, Thou shalt not, I didst not. That's all very well, but God might reply, But you also didn't do anything else either. Surely our Christian faith is also about positive action as well as refraining from negative acts. Whilst it is true that the Ten Commandments feature a list of some do's and quite a lot of don'ts, 
Our Lord's point in the Gospel this weekend makes it clear that the sins which he has reserved the most criticism for are things done, not merely things avoided. The lawmakers in Jesus' time focused too much on appearances and outward actions, whilst ignoring the inner realities of their terrible attitudes and hypocrisy. They were focusing more on what one should refrain from doing rather than encouraging inner growth and nurturing constructive attitudes and loving responses towards others. There's a certain safety in refraining from doing things and avoiding things. It is possible to make sure we never get hurt or hurt others by completely avoiding any meaningful engagement with them. We might be able to prevent getting disappointed by others if we do not want a complicated life and we try to achieve this by refusing to love. But that would defeat the very call of the gospel and its purpose. Our Lord's final criticism of the law is that it had become an end in itself. The law didn't seem to exist for humans. The law had become just something for humans to observe. Jesus corrected that error. It's possible to go through life seeming righteous and appearing to observe the letter of the law, but at the cost of never risking anything, never getting one's hands dirty and by never really doing anything, whether it be good or bad. In response to that, Jesus is shown risking everything, giving everything to honestly address human need. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. All that is good, everything that is perfect, comes from God. We ask the Lord to fill our needs. that all people will love God with all their hearts and not just give lip service. Lord, hear us. That political leaders will not mouth empty words and fail to keep their promises. Lord, hear us. We pray in sorrow for the people whose lives have been harmed by representatives of the church. May the victims be healed by Christ and freed to live full and happy lives. And from the church may they find justice and love. Lord, hear us. We pray for the parish community in which our children are nurtured, that they may treasure our children, be vigilant and fearless in protecting them from all harm, and live as a community in which all may speak boldly. Lord, hear us.
We pray for our children, that they may be safe in their families, in their schools and in their church, and have their voice heard. May they grow into faithful and loving adults who know they are deeply respected and loved. Lord, hear us. That people suffering through sickness, the breakup of relationships, loneliness or hatred may find in the Christian community support, comfort and healing. Lord, hear us. That single parents may be supported by the community and feel valued. Lord, hear us. That those who have left this life may enter eternal life and receive peace, joy and a place in God's kingdom, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God ever faithful, we humbly ask you to hear the prayers we offer and grant us all we need. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. May this sacred offering, O Lord, confer on us always the blessing of salvation, that what it celebrates in mystery it may accomplish in power. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you laid the foundations of the world and have arranged the changing of times and seasons. You formed man in your own image and set humanity over the whole world in all its wonder to rule in your name over all you have made and forever praise you in your mighty works through Christ our Lord. And so with all the angels we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, 
who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. How great is the goodness, Lord, that you keep for those who fear you. Let us pray. Renewed by this bread from the heavenly table, we beseech you, Lord, that being the food of charity, it may confirm our hearts and stir us to serve you in our neighbour. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts are used for the purpose of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. The Roman Missal, Prayers and Chants, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. The Bible, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, National Council of Churches of Christ, USA. The Psalms, copyright 1963, The Grail, Collins Publisher. Prayers of the Faithful, Robert Borg's Together We Pray, 1993, E.J. Dwyer, Australia. Mass for St. Ralph Sherwin, Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring the Gloria, copyright 2011, www.ccwatershed.org, forward slash Charbonnel. Faith, Hope and Love, theme, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Original music, copyright 1996, Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you.